You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast with Jake and Witt, where we take your questions and offer our answers. We're here to give you what you're looking for, whether that's value, entertainment, or just some laughs. Back when Witt and I were first dating, she asked me if I wanted to do a daily devotion. So she did like a, a daily devotion, and from time to time, we'd be together, and she would ask, do you want to do this devotion? I had never done anything like that before. So I agreed because, you know, wit's super pretty, so why not agree? And when she got her phone, she would have me read them. So I'd read through these devotions and we would both kind of listen to it, pray, hear the message that was being presented, and then we would have a little conversation about it. And I didn't know who Joyce Meyer was at the time, but that's who we were listening to. Her daily devotion series called Battlefield of the Mind is something that Witt had picked up. So keep in mind, this is prior to any sort of life coaching or any sort of, you know, toe dip into that field that Witt and I had done. This was just the devotion that she had that she was working through. And the whole idea is that there is a, a battle of faith that we are called to, to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, to believe that God is real, that he's powerful, and that he's on our side, and that true faith is living as if that is true. And so actually living our life, making our choices, experiencing the world from a place that that is true, and that that battle happens here, that the whole, the whole thing, the whole Christian faith, the whole reason that, you know, God has us here, everything that he wants us for our purpose is happening in our mind. And it's just this devotion series of teaching us how to handle that. So that, of course, I mean, you can imagine Whit and I's personality, both, we just fell in love with it. We're like, this is the greatest thing. It spoke to us on a level that we didn't even know was going to be part of our lives yet, but has always been inside of us. And so, I've always just been in, intrigued by Joyce Myers. And, and so uh, recently, Wit listened to one of her books and she, she said to me, hey, you should listen to this. So I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can pencil it in in my time. So I go out in the paddleboard, I pop in the AirPods and I start listening to the book, Mind, Mouth, Moods, and Attitudes. And I was blown away. It was so good. It was just so right on that I was going out and paddling. I listened to the whole book. And then I was like, you know what? I want to listen to it again. And you know what? I want to listen to it again. And it was stirring something inside of me. It was communicating to me in a great way. It was, I would say, about 80% affirming what I think, which is always a pleasant experience when you're reading a book. And then about 20% sort of pushing me and nudging me forward into either more depth or more detail, or even sometimes a reevaluation of the way that I see things. And so what I want to do today is just share with you some of the coolest insights that jumped out to me from that book and honestly really encourage you to read it. It's only four chapters and it's a four hour listen on Audible. And so that's right up my alley. That's about the size of the book that I like best. We'll put the link in the show notes if you want to go download it and listen to it yourself or purchase it and read it. I suppose people still read books that way too. But I'm going to just run through and sort of share with you what was special to me about the book. Joyce really hones in on Proverbs 23.7 where it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And she really is just sort of making this point that what we think determines 
what we experience. <laughs> Obviously very connecting for Wit and I through Steadfast Lab Coaching. That's like the whole foundation of our business. And if you follow Joyce at all, you know that she's a little bit blunt sometimes. She's kind of got a tell it like it is personality. And she points out from her insight into this concept that the life you're living now is the result of the thoughts you've been thinking on in the past. It's the result of what you have been meditating on, what you've been focusing on in the past. She says the life you have now is the result of thoughts that you have meditated on in the past and the words that you have spoken. It is not just all about your bad luck or the devil being after you. Much of it is about the way we think. And then she goes on to point out that we're not obligated to think whatever goes into our head, that we have some authority, that we get to choose what we think about, what we meditate on. And as you read scripture, you can, you can hear the advice, the guidance that we're getting from scripture to meditate on things that are beautiful, that are amazing, that are righteous, that are pure, and not to focus on just every single thought that comes into our head. That's really rewarding to hear. That's super inspiring to me and I love hearing her say it that way. The, the part that's a fun push for me is that we tend to, in our business, think about, okay, let's take our thoughts captive now. Let's have a goal that we want in the future and let's try to practice thinking in a certain way that builds the future that we want. But I also like her sort of redirection or addition to that, that the life we're living now is the result of what we were meditating on in the past, at least in part. I mean, of course, circumstances play a role, but maybe not the role we give them credit for. That our meanings that we were assigning, what we were focusing on, what we were calling important has led us to where we are today. Then she goes on to say that we are supposed to cast down wrong imaginations. We are supposed to take a look at, become aware of the way that we're thinking about things that is more in line with maybe what the enemy wants for our life than it is for what God wants for our life, that we're sort of aligning with lies. We're kind of beating ourselves up and painting things with a negative brush rather than focusing on the promises and the possibilities that God has for us. And so she says that when we see those thoughts, we want to, as quickly as we can, redirect to the truth. Whenever we see that we're sort of agreeing with something that's untrue or harmful to us, we want to develop the skill of redirecting, repenting, redirecting our focus toward the truth that God has for us. Now, this is not really earth shattering. Anyone that follows us sort of understands that concept, but I love this. She says, now, how often are you going to have to do this? And then she answers her own question, every day, all of your life. It means every day, as long as you live, you're gonna have to take authority over wrong thoughts. You're gonna have to cast them down. I want you to realize that you're going to have to do it every day, every day, every day, every day. And you are the only one that can deal with your thoughts. It's not something that another person can do for you. You are the only one that can do anything about your thoughts. And there's not a person alive that doesn't have to choose not to think something and then think something else every single day. Beautifully put. And I love it because I know that she's making that point 
so that anyone who's listening doesn't think something's wrong with them because they have to keep doing thought work because they have to keep casting down wrong imaginations. There's a super relatable element of this because right now Wit and I are raising Maverick and we're feeding him. And so as we feed him, he's sort of learning what it is to eat, I guess. <laughs> but you imagine if you could actually have a conversation with newborn, if I could speak with Maverick and Maverick was like, dad, listen, I think I'm eating wrong. I'm, I must be doing something wrong because I keep getting hungry again. And we can see like how silly that would be to think like, oh no, if you really eat well, then you will never be hungry again. We're used to it. We're like, no, that's not how eating works. Eating is something that we can do really well and then we're still gonna have to do it again a few hours later. That's what Joyce is talking about. This work that we're doing of casting down wrong imaginations. You're not doing it wrong because you have to do it again later. That's what it is. It is like eating, casting down wrong imaginations, renewing your mind, doing thought work. It is the foundation. It is the backbone of our business. It is the backbone of Steadfast Life Coaching. Another thing I love that Joyce references is Romans 15, 13. It says, may our God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. She goes on to say, so how can I be filled with joy and peace in believing, not in doubting, not in being negative, but believing. And you know what? A simple way to talk about believing is just being positive. Put the best construction on everything. Always believe the best of everybody. Believing, we get what we believe. What we believe, what we think, what we meditate on becomes a reality in our life. Satan wants us to think what he puts in our minds because not only does God have a plan for a good life, Satan wants us to think what he puts in our minds because not only does God have a good plan for your life, but Satan has got a plan for your life also. In Romans, it goes on and talks about how when we, when we focus on the flesh, we have a desire for fleshly things. When we focus on the spirit, we have a desire for spiritual things. It's just sort of seeing this idea that where we focus our mind, where we focus our energy, that it, it produces our cravings, it produces our desires, it produces our experience. That what we think on causes feelings in us. It, it literally creates the felt experience of our life. And so she's sort of challenging us to think positively, to, to look at the best case scenario, to know that we are serving a good God who loves us and has a plan for our life. And so we can know when we are in line with that plan and when we're hearing that plan by whether or not we feel that is good for us and that we've got good things coming in our life. She's basically describing optimism, which is something that I spend a lot of my time studying it is very important to me. I spent a lot of my childhood being accused of being a Pollyanna and being unrealistic because I thought good things might happen. But I've come to understand, uh, partially from the definition of Michael Gervais, he's the psychologist for the Olympic volleyball team in the Seattle Seahawks, and, and he describes optimism as the belief that beautiful and amazing is around the corner. You're not pretending that the present is beautiful and amazing. You honor the present. You honor what you're feeling. You honor grief. You honor rejection, loneliness, and, and even anxiety and fear. You don't pretend they're not there if you're doing optimism properly. What you do is you believe that beautiful and amazing is coming, that there is a meaning, that there's a purpose for it. There's something on the other side that's worth pursuing. And that's really all optimism is. 
no one knows what the future is going to bring. No one knows what life has coming next your way, whether it's something that you're going to enjoy or something that you're going to hope ends quickly. <laughs> but optimism is simply believing that what's coming next is going to be good because of how that allows you to show up in whatever you are in in the present. Grief is much easier to honor, to address, to sit in, to feel if you're not believing, oh no, this grief is going to last forever. If you're thinking beautiful and amazing is around the corner, it actually increases your ability or your skill or your willingness to honor even the tough emotion in the present. The next point I love, she says, God's got a good plan for your life. But just answering an altar call and accepting Christ as your savior is not the end of it. It's the beginning of a brand new life. There's so much to be done after that. How you think about yourself has everything to do with what God can do through you. Witten, I love to say that we want to serve God from love, not for love. We're, we're not trying to be so good that we can deserve God's love or that we can, we can deserve the plan that he has for our life or we can deserve blessings. It, it's not, we're not trying to earn it. It's not for love. It's from love. What I want to do is say, yes, was I a sinner? Yes. Was I broken? Yes. Could I get to heaven without Jesus? No. But do I accept Jesus? Yes. So am I now righteous? Yes. Do I now have salvation? Yes. Am I loved? Yes. Am I a child of God? That focus, that thinking about yourself, I'm not pretending I wasn't broken before, but I'm not now. I'm on the other side of the cross now. I'm allowed to feel that. I'm allowed to be a loved child of God. How you think about yourself has everything to do with what God can do through you. She says, some of you need to get a brand new thought system about your own self. You need to think differently about your past. You need to think differently about your future. You need to look at your finances in a different way. When you have such a negative view of yourself or your past or how you're broken or inadequate, that what's the point thought, it's just got an easy place to take root. And then God's asking you to do these big things and you're like, well, I can't, or what's the point? Or even if I try, I'm going to fail versus taking on this identity as a child of Christ, a, a literal child, like the way that Maverick is a child of mine, the way that I want to bless Maverick, the way that I want good things for Maverick, the way that I want to assist him, to help him, to grow him, that, that even in the times when I'm correcting him, it's for his success. And I'm just a human dad. You know, imagine God doing this perfectly to you. You are a loved child of God. He wants blessings for you. He wants things for you. He wants to equip you. He wants to make you better. He wants to grow you. He wants you to achieve your dreams. When you start thinking that way, all of a sudden now I can grab a hold of this idea that this purpose that he has put on my life, he will equip me to achieve it. I can start to believe that I will grow into the person that will be able to do this thing, even if I don't look in the mirror and see that person now. And that keeps me moving forward rather than putting me on the couch, watching cartoons and eating donuts. The last point I want to make is about remaining steadfast because come on, what other point would I, would I take in from this book that spoke to me so clearly? Joyce says, God needs to be able to depend on us. People need to be able to depend on us. And if we want to have any self-respect, we need to be able to depend on ourselves. Jesus is the rock. 
and we are supposed to imitate the rock. She goes on to say, I got hungry to feel peace even when my life wasn't peaceful and to feel joy even when when my life wasn't joyful. I was tired of letting Satan control me through my circumstances. Her point from this is that God's got a big purpose for our life and he's been equipping us along the way and we may even be sort of aware of these gifts. We may see that we have gifts developing in us and maybe there's a voice inside of us saying, why have you not unleashed me on the world, God? Why do I have this gift in here and it's not achieving all the things that I have in my dream? And and she's saying, check and make sure that you're stable. God needs to be able to, to depend on you. If I have a gift of storytelling, but God can't depend on me to be consistent, <laughs> to remain steadfast, then I might be responding to a person one way one day and responding to another person another way the next day, depending on my moods, the way I feel, the circumstances in my life. And so now this gift that I've been given of being able to tell these stories is not representing God. It's not honoring God consistently because I'm being inconsistent in how I'm showing up in the world. And so her point is that if if you find that you've got a gift inside of you, that you feel like there's something inside of you and you're just dying for it to be unleashed, make sure that you're spending your time becoming stable, learning to remain steadfast, becoming consistent from day to day, not being rocked by every little thing that comes your way, shaken this way and that by how how the waves come in, but but being able to remain steadfast, to, to continue taking the next step and be stable even as the waves hit you. She goes on to say that these waves that are hitting us, they're often the means of deliverance, that sometimes God provides deliverance through miraculous transformation. And sometimes God provides deliverance through a go through it miracle that I've got to go through this thing in order to be on the other side. And we may say, why? If you're an all powerful God, why aren't you just snapping your fingers and delivering us? And her theory is that it makes us unrelatable that, that it, it turns Christianity into sort of this series of quotes that you could sew on a pillow and just hand to somebody and, and they come in and they say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with, with alcoholism. I'm struggling. I, I, can't, I can't resist these cravings. It's too much. It's got too big of a hole in my life. And, and we just say, oh, well, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. Just trust God and everything's going to be fine. Well, if we had a miraculous delivery from alcoholism in our own life, yeah, that, that might be the way we see it. But there's sort of an insensitivity to that. There's a lack of honor of what the person is going through. It's not helpful. It's not that it's false because God does have a plan for your life and you can trust God and get through stuff like that. But it's not helpful in that moment. And it's clear that the person who's saying it has not gone through it. They haven't experienced it. And so often when we're looking at these waves that are crashing on us and, and we're trying to build our skill of remaining steadfast and we've got the voice in our head, why would a loving God have me submitted to, to these waves? Why would they keep coming if he cares about me? We can see, oh, this is a go through it miracle. This is a go through it breakthrough. I'm going to be different on the other side and I'm going to be relatable to the other people who are in their own go through it breakthrough. And that sums up exactly the gap that Wit and I want to stand in in this world. That's what steadfast lab coaching is. If you've, if you've wondered, like, what do, what, what is it? What does steadfast really offer? What does it mean to trust you? It's to be able to trust yourself to remain steadfast because you may be in a go through it breakthrough of your own. 
And we want to be able to equip you to go all the way through it. We want to provide the community, the support, the wisdom, the insight, the inspiration, the motivation, the empowerment to continue to go all the way through it and not quit before you've achieved what God wants for you. It really gets me fired up. And and I really hope that if that's speaking to you, if you're in a bit of a go through it right now as you're listening to this, talk to us, team up with us. This is what we do. This is what we're called to do. This is the gap that Whit and I are meant to stand in. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to that. Whit and I really appreciate it. But we don't want to just leave you there. If you're ready to make the jump from this sort of passive consumption to really taking some action towards transformation, we want to remind you that this is probably not a one and done sort of endeavor. This is something that's going to take daily renewal of your mind and some consistency. With that in mind, Wit and I have built a course called Trust You, where you can learn to trust yourself and we can walk alongside you as you build your consistency and your ability to do what you say. If that stirs something inside of you, head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com. There's a good chance it's just what you're looking for. Mm-hmm.